Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoy, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, how was your weekend? How's your beautiful Tuesday morning here in Denver? Uh, my Tuesday morning is spectacular. Uh, this past weekend was also spectacular. A little upsetting, uh, I guess maybe a tad, is watching some of those uh, games and uh, officials not doing their particular job. And I feel as though maybe I can say what players and coaches uh, can't say because they can't find me. So, yeah, that's pretty much how my weekend went. How about yours? It was a really good weekend. Um, It was fun. I I enjoyed the games despite the officials. Um, I I agree with you on that. The officiating, especially in that second game, was just atrocious. One of the worst called games I think I can remember. But it was fun to watch the games. Um, I, I am going to miss it this weekend, Nick, no game this, I think this is one of the worst weekends of the year where there's just no football <laughs> and you're waiting for the biggest game of the year, right? The next weekend. So it's like, and, and the pro bowl, they don't have the game this year, which I didn't really enjoy the game anyways, but like, I'm not, I'm not someone that's going to sit there and watch all the skill challenges and whatnot. But, uh, Nick, we do need to jump into some, some, uh, coaching search talk, Nick, that was eventful over the weekend and eventful these last few days. Well, I guess that's actually not been eventful at all. It feels like we've learned absolutely nothing, Nick, these past few days. The Broncos, I honestly wish I could tell you who their candidates are at this point, Nick. Um, I, I know that it sounds like they've ruled out four guys, Jim Caldwell, Giro Evero, David Shaw, Raheem Morris. Um, it sounds like the door shut on those four. Jim Harbaugh, the report came out this weekend that they went and visited him. Uh, last week, I believe on Wednesday in Ann Arbor, he said no again. Uh, so is he still in the running? There's some people out there that believe he's still in it, even though he said no twice. Sean Payton is the one that sounds like he might actually still have a chance. I don't know. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, it sounds like any moment now he could go to the Texans. Uh, I know the last time we recorded, Nick, we thought D'Amico Ryans was the guy in Denver that we might be sitting here today or this week talking about him as the next Broncos head coach. That doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Uh, and I'm missing one other guy. Dan Quinn has said he's going back to the Cowboys. So, Nick, mm. where are you with this search right now? Well, George, uh, I, I hate to, uh, you know, go back and rewind. But you will remember, as we were talking about this coaching search about a week ago, I did say, hey, man, there's a possibility of the worst-case scenario for the Denver Broncos, right? And – if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I thought that you said at that time that, no, that's not going to happen. It was so far-fetched, even when I thought of it. But guess what? It is coming to fruition, right? We see Jim Harbaugh is constantly pursued, and he's saying, nope, I don't want to do it, which makes me think from the very beginning he never wanted a job to begin with. 
right? Because if it's about money, the pinners have deep pockets. They can write that check, but that's not what it was about. So the whole thing with Sean Payton, we know a back and forth struggle about with someone within the ownership group. We don't know who, wink, wink. And then you think about Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn decided, you know what? I'm going to stay in Dallas because he knows with so many coaches uh, being sent away, right? Mutually agreeing to part ways, which no one actually does. And he's hoping that he's going to be given the head coaching job with the Dallas Cowboys, which brings us to D'Amico Ryans, which I know this sounds bittersweet for you because I know you are all poised, George, to take your victory lap. And I was going to be right there patting you on the back like, yeah, we got our guy. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen either. So the Broncos have to go back to the well and try to find a couple of other coaches. We hear about these mystery coaches, and, and it is just that. It's a mystery. Who? Who are these coaches? Now, it's left for everyone to start speculating as to who. And for me, when we look at coaches who are still out there, Ramo is still out there. Jonathan Gannon is still out there. Heck, I mean, Brian Callahan, he is still out there as well. So there are some coaches, but will those coaches, either of those coaches, make this fan base happy once a name is finally announced? I, I am disappointed I'm not going to get to take my victory lap. I know you um, are. I know you are. I still will say, though, I was right that he was a dark horse for the Broncos job. The Broncos did want him. Um, I, I, I truly believe that. But, yeah, Nick, I, I just think that there, there's so much out there. And it's – one, I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there just tweeting stuff to tweet stuff and, and try to share news to share news when there really isn't a whole lot of info to be shared right now. Um, I really don't think there's a lot of people that are actually in the know. I know there's a few people out there that think they're in the know, yeah. uh, but I don't think they are. So be careful about what you you know believe and don't believe. But um, I did want to dive into, Nick, the Jim Harbaugh stuff because this has been going on for weeks now. And I, I really I, – look, if they end up getting Jim Harbaugh, that would be incredible. Like if they were able to somehow pull him away from Michigan. But at some point I think you also have to just say we got to move on. Uh, and maybe the Broncos have done that, but from everything we've heard from people is that maybe they haven't moved on. I know there's been several different types of reports out there. Nick, if you're the Broncos, do you keep trying to go back to that well until Jim Harbaugh signs a deal, or, or do you not? Because right now, Nick, to me, and I tweeted this out last week, it feels like that situation, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, Nick, but I have personally, <laughs> but when you're you're talking to a girl you really like, right, and you think that they like you back and you just keep talking to them, and keep, keep trying to ask them out, and they keep coming up with excuses for not going out with you, and then eventually they're like, oh, I just see you as a friend, you know? I, that's what this feels like uh, Jim Harbaugh's doing to the Broncos. It's like he keeps stringing them along, only to friend zone them there at the end. It feels like the Broncos are in the friend zone with Jim Harbaugh, but well, what are your thoughts on that, and should they keep trying to go to that well? No, George, you said it yourself. I mean, did that work well for you? Did it work no, well? Nick. No, it didn't. <laughs> it never works well for anyone because if your idea is that we're just going to beat them down by just showing up and eventually they're going to give in, that's never going to happen. And the way that I look at this situation with Jim Harbaugh, he's like a wisdom tooth, right? I don't know if you've ever had your wisdom tooth taken out. That, that sucker is hard to get out. I mean, the doctor is cutting, pulling. He's doing all this stuff to try to get it out. Eventually he does. But, I mean, you've gone through some stain, uh, painting, you know, painstaking 
uh, situation or procedure where your mouth is now filled with cotton balls. To me, the Broncos need to stop doing this, right? The Broncos country needs some kind of anesthesia for what they're going through at this very moment, George, because it has been painful. So much so, I've had to listen to friends who root for teams in other cities saying, what are you guys doing out there in Denver? That is, your coaching search has turned into a clown circus. And I'm like, hey, listen, yes, it has. And that's because we're hearing mixed reports, just like you said. Individuals are putting out information for the sake of putting out information to try to make themselves relevant because no one really knows at this point. Now, there have been a lot of leaks, right? But we know those leaks have been used as leverage and negotiation tactics. But at this very moment, the ownership has said that they have someone in mind. We have no idea. And then I, I saw something yesterday. By the end of the week, the Broncos should have announced who that head coach is. Whomever it is, I'll be happy, George, because that means that we're not having this discussion. But now things will move forward to now ask ownership, ask this coach, well, why did it take so long? Why was this person now added into the mix when they were not before? And that's going to bring us to a point where that coach is not fielding questions as far as what he's going to do to make this team better. It's all about, well, how did you get here in the process that led you to this point? Yeah, I don't know, Nick. It's it's one of those things where it's just I. There's so many reports out there. Like I, I don't know if you saw the one from Ian Rappaport. I believe it was on KOA last night, Nick. Um, I don't know if it was with you guys or if it was uh, with the show before you guys. But he said some. It was something along the line of, they're they're looking to hire someone that's a big, big, big candidate. I believe was the quote from Ian Rappaport. And I'm yeah. like, who is that? Like who who was he talking about? Because. Like, I, is, does Sean Payton fall in that category? I mean, if it was Sean Payton, Nick, like, I feel like they would have already got the deal done if that was their guy, if that was the person that they're really after. Maybe I'm wrong, but, like, they've been talking to him for several weeks now, mm -hmm. uh, and nothing's happened. And then he gets on Fox this last week, and he's saying all these things about, oh, well, I might be back here, or we'll find out this week if what's going on. I'm like, what? what's the holdup? You know, we know what they want draft capital-wise. Uh, you know, like I, I don't I don't and, and I don't know if he necessarily falls under that big, big, big candidate for me. I, I mean, no one else seems to want him. Uh, so I don't know why the Broncos would, you know, be like a home run hire for them to get. I I don't know, Nick, that that to me was a very weird report. I, I'm in the camp of expand the expand the search. Your, your, your top couple guys that you really wanted. It didn't go the way that you, that you thought it would. Expand it to a Jonathan Gannon who's playing in the Super Bowl, and I know you'd have to wait, but you know who he is. You interviewed him last year. I'm sure they've had talks even with his agent in the past few weeks. Uh, Brian Callahan, who I think is a really good coach in Cincinnati. Um, you know, Mike Kafka, even the offensive coordinator for the Giants. I know he's been wait, mentioned wait. a lot. Okay, hold on, hold on. I, I got to stop you right there. Okay, yeah. let's back up for a second. This whole deal with Mike Kafka. Please, please explain the infatuation uh, with Mike Kafka because his name comes up, and I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have any hate for Mike Kafka. But I mean, you named some coaches that, if the Broncos set it on those guys, I can see why, right? And I, and I'll follow. Yes, I'll, I'll give my support. But Mike Kafka is one of those guys that I really can't. And I know everyone's saying, okay, well, look what he did with Daniel Jones. Well, did he really do that, or did? You know, 
Brian Dayton can do that. So, so, so please sell the Mike Kafka only because you brought it up. Please sell that to me. So now maybe I can change my mind and say, you know what, Nick, maybe I looked at the situation with Kafka all wrong. Yeah, no, I'm not going to try to convince you because Nick, okay. I don't think he should. I don't think he should be interviewed either. I just mentioned him because I know he's in, he's interviewed for every other job, and I figured he might be on the list. And I, I do think the Broncos have done the research on him, so he could be added to the list. But if of those guys that I mentioned, I would hire Jonathan Gannon over all of them. And again, I know there's a lot of people out there uh, that say, "Oh, well, you have to wait till after the Super Bowl, so it'll be hard to build your staff." I don't think that's an issue. Um, you know, if he's the if he's the right guy. Uh, then, then you wait the two extra weeks or whatever it is uh, to get him. But um, I, I would in in that I would I would put Jonathan Gannon and Brian Callahan as the as the top two uh, if they were to expand the surge. I just think both of those guys are really qualified, and I think they would fit really well in Denver. I think obviously Gannon uh, and what he's done with the Eagles defense can come here and have success with this Broncos defense um, that won't have a total rehaul. And then uh, Callahan, I think that I, I know Zach Taylor's the one. Colin plays there for the Bengals, I believe, but uh, Callahan, you know, I, I think has that that right offensive mind that can help Russell Wilson and, and help this offense. So either of those guys, and they've both been really successful. Like the problem with, is it Kafka or Kafka? Kafka, Kafka, Kafka whatever. Why, why even spend time on it, right? I don't know. But like the problem with him, in my opinion, is he's had one year as a play caller um, and I do think Brian Dayball deserves most of the credit there for the success they have. Now, let's say next year he does a really good job again and the Giants are even more successful, then, yeah, he should be up for some of these jobs. But this year I think you're right, Nick. It's one of those situations where he's probably not ready. No, yeah, you know, listen, once again, I don't have any hate for Mike Kafka, but I just look at the fact of, okay, well, how long has he been at his post? He was a former – uh, quarterbacks coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, then he got this opportunity. And yeah, the Giants were able to get to the playoffs, but if there is an offensive guy in that mix, I would have to go with uh, Brian Callahan because looking at Brian Callahan and the fact that here's a guy who spent some time with the Broncos organization. He was with this team on John Fox staff when they lost to the Seattle Seahawks in, in, the, in the Super Bowl. And he's been around Zach Taylor and he's been around Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow is, in, in my eyes, a similar guy to Russell Wilson, you know, maybe more athletic because he's still he's younger and Russell has more years on Joe Burrow. But looking at that Cincinnati Bengals offense, the weapons that they have, and looking at the weapons that the Broncos have and should have coming back healthy with Tim Patrick, to me, I thought that that guy would be a, a, a great person to craft an offense that could fit that Russell Wilson and all the other guys, and oh, by the way, yeah, I know you mentioned John McGann, you still have Azura Evero. So if you put Evero with Callahan and then you bring Joe D. Camillus in here, the Rams didn't pick up his contract, so you bring him in here as your special teams coach, man, it's ride or die at that point because Joe D. Camillus and uh, Brian Callahan were on the same Broncos roster when, you know, when John Fox was here. So it's, it's not necessarily a match made in heaven because we never know when a coaching staff is put together whether they're going to have success or not, George. But at least we have to put a group of guys together that we know that are going to help guys on both sides of the ball. That's my vote. I, and, and listen, they're not going to listen to me, but if I had a vote, that's the direction I would go. 
It's interesting, Nick. Um, I, I want to continue this conversation. We have to we have to take a quick break, and then we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting conversation considering it sounds like Evero's been kind of you know shut out of this conversation so far, which is uh, I think kind of interesting because there's it seems like he's a finalist other places, but not at his own his own place. So uh, very interesting for for the Broncos to choose that. But let's take a quick break, Nick, and then we'll dive into some more of this coaching search stuff. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and, Nick, one thing I wanted to bring up about this, because I'm sure you've noticed this too during this coaching search, there's a lot of, obviously, Broncos fans out there panicking, saying, oh, this is embarrassing that they haven't hired a coach and, you know, there's there's national media saying, oh, like this is terrible for the Broncos. I saw something from uh, Mike Florio tweeted out about how these, you know, billionaire owners are learning that it's hard to find a head coach or do this in the NFL and all this stuff. I find it interesting, Nick, that that's the narrative around the Broncos because they haven't hired anybody. When the only team, Nick, that has had a head coaching <laughs> open opening to hire somebody is the Panthers. So why is nobody talking about, oh, well, it's embarrassing, the Cardinals haven't hired anybody. Oh, it's embarrassing. The Texans haven't hired anybody. Now the Texans are probably next in line, but right. like, you know, all these other teams, the Colts, like how come no one's talking about how embarrassing the Colts are? They're going to maybe hire Jeff Saturday as their next head coach. So I, I don't know about you, Nick, but that's been kind of a frustrating narrative that's been put out there that, Oh, well, this is so embarrassing for the Broncos. That they haven't hired anybody or that Jim Harbaugh told them, no, was it embarrassing for the Vikings and the Raiders and all these other teams, these past, however many years that have that Jim Harbaugh's like led on and then totally said, Nope, sorry, not, not coming. Like, I, I don't understand this narrative that, Oh, it's embarrassing for the Broncos that this is happening. This happens every year to all the teams that have head coach openings. They get told no, or a candidate goes somewhere else and they have to wait an extra week or two to hire somebody. Well, George, the reason it is uh, embarrassing is because the Broncos had interviewed eight individuals. And those eight individuals were the people put on their list that they said that they have identified. And then you think that after you go through that list, that list thoroughly, then you would kind of key in on one particular person. In this case, they did that. They keyed in and honed in on Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh didn't want them. So that's the thing that makes this very difficult when someone from a national standpoint is looking at this coaching search. When you think about the Houston Texans, you're not hearing anything, or I haven't heard that they have in, uh, interviewed like uh, 10 to 12 individuals. No, they, they interviewed a couple of people, but they honed in on D'Amico Ryans. When you look at the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes was, was there, and I thought that he would actually end up being uh, their head coach. But, you know, Dave Tepper decided, you know, I'm going to go bring in Frank Wright. So that takes him off the table. When you look at the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they just hired their new GM. So it's going to be a little slow motion with them as well. And then it, it seemed as though they identified Dan Quinn as their guy, but Quinn told them after he interviewed, hey, man, I'm going back to Dallas because he saw something during that interview process and said, you know what, the next time I'm be I become a head coach, I want to make sure that it's at least for more than two or three years. So that's why he opted not to go there. 
But once again, it brings us back to the Denver Broncos and why people are talking. When, when you continue to hear the tales of how they continue to pursue Jim Harbaugh, that's the thing that makes it worse. He already said no. Move on and find someone else. I think fans can actually deal with that. You had a list of guys, George. None of those guys panned out for whatever reason. You started to take a hard pivot and you went in the right another direction and you threw out some other candidates. That's fine. But when you continue to chase the same candidate, the same candidate, the same candidate, that's why national media is looking at this situation at, with the Broncos the way they are. Yeah, but I, I think it, it also, Nick, we don't know that for sure. Like, yes, I think that Jim Harbaugh was their guy and they went after him. But I don't I don't know if we know that they're continuing to go after him. I, 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 real, I, I don't think we know anything, Nick. I, I think that there's a very good chance that there it could be somebody that's not even on their, their list of eight. And that was going to be my next question, Nick. Who do you think – there's been all this talk about mystery candidate or Ian Rappaport's report about they're going after this big, big, big candidate or whatever. I – that can't he's not referring to Jonathan Gannon, I don't think. And and I don't think a mystery candidate is one of those guys that we mentioned earlier, or Callahan or Gannon or Kafka, whoever. Like it's gotta be somebody that we're not thinking of. Is there anybody in your mind that, that's come to your mind that's like, maybe that's the mystery candidate? I know there were some jokes out there about Nick Saban. I, I can tell you it's not going to be Nick Saban. But uh is there anybody in your head that you're like, maybe that's the mystery candidate? Well, I mean, thinking about mystery candidates, but more importantly, a big name, right? He's being billed as a big name. So it has to be someone that has a lot of experience in the league and a person that is well-respected. So there's only two people that come to mind. You know, my former coach, Mike Shanahan, and I don't think he's going to do that. And the other person could be Bill Cowher. I mean, could they coax Bill Cowher out of the box? I mean, they, they try to do that. Uh, with uh, Sean Payton, but it seemed like it didn't work. But if they try to do that with uh, Bill Cowher, maybe that might work. And just think about how successful he was with those uh, Steelers teams, right? We, we see the, the facial expressions. You know, I can't really make it right now because I don't have that chin he has. But we know that angry face that he makes. And we know that he's led teams of men to the promised land. That's where the Broncos are trying to get to. And at this stage, maybe that's what – the ownership is thinking, hey, maybe we didn't do this the right way. We have to come out and we have to hand over to this fan base someone that they can say, hey, that person is well-respected in this NFL, and maybe that would be enough to, I guess, lower the amount of questions that they're probably going to receive once they get to uh, the press conference part of this uh, head coaching search process. So that's the only thing that I can think of. Bill Cowher would be a heck of a hire, Nick. Um, I don't know. I've, I haven't heard that name. That's actually interesting. I wonder if that could be. I have, I have no idea. I mean, I keep trying to think in my head. I'm like, well, is it uh, Lincoln Riley? You know, that name hasn't come up no. at all in the coaching cycle. I don't think it's him. Um, you know, is it? Uh, is it? Is there a chance? I saw somebody throw this out. Is there a chance that they're trading for a different head coach in the league currently? Like, is there a coach out there that – you know, maybe he's looking to part ways with their current team. That I mean, like, could you trade for – I mean, this would be nuts, but could you trade for Mike Tomlin? Like, some of the stuff that's been thrown out there, it's like, who who are you – who are they talking about that are these massive candidates uh, that they're trying to get that is a mystery can- – like, 
it's just amazing to me that none of this is leaked. So I, I don't know, Nick. I, I'm very intrigued to see what they do. You watch, they'll end up hiring like Sean Payton, and it was all along, yeah. you know, that was their I, – I, who knows? Or or they're going to wait to – One more name into the mix since she brought up yes. the fact of trading for a coach. What about Sean McVay? At first he said he didn't know if he was going to go back to the Rams, and then he said that he's going back to the Rams. I mean, c- could they go and pursue him? He's a young – he's still a young, hot name in the NFL. Could that work? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at this point, Nick, you could throw any name at me, and I'd be like, <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, the, the reports that are coming out, it's like – no, no one knows what's going on. If I still think if it was Sean Payton, they would have already tried to get the deal done. You know, I think Jim Harbaugh, the door shut there. Um, you know, I, I think D'Amico Ryan is obviously going to the Texans. You know, like, like the, some of the, the their names on their list are pretty much, I, I think, almost totally ruled out. And so it's going to have to be somebody maybe that's not on the candidate list. And I think they're maybe working towards getting some sort of deal done with whoever this person is. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe they end up with just Brian Callahan or Jonathan Gannon, which I think would be a good hire. Like, don't get me wrong. I think they end up getting one of those two guys. It'd be a good hire, but, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see Nick. Let me ask you this. And again, I don't think you can answer this fairly, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, when do you think a coach is hired and who do you think it is? And I'll answer too, but who do you think it is? And when do you think it's done? Uh, when is going to be done? Uh, not sure on, on that. It could take place uh, next week. Uh, if, if it is Sean Payton, right, then that means that uh, it could take place by the end of the week. And uh, for the record, I'll say this. Seeing him on the telecast this past weekend with his orange tie and his orange pocket square saying what he was saying, it was almost like he was giving a, a virtual a ransom note, if you were, to uh, the Broncos ownership. But when you look at who that person will be, that is still a mystery. I mean, I may have to throw uh, Colonel Sanders and Captain Crunch up into that mix as far as throwing people out there, as far as names of who uh, the Broncos could pursue. So at this point, George, I really don't know. It, it is, it's hard to gauge uh, at, at this point because uh, the situation has moved so far into the, I guess, six weeks as we've seen it so at this point. So I'm not even I'm not even sure, man. I, all I want is give us a guy, right? Give it give us someone, and then I can look at that person, evaluate them, and break down their history and say, well, does this individual give us an adequate opportunity to win? I mean, at that point, the conversation is now switched. You now have a guy. Now we're talking about, well, who you're bringing in on your staff. Does that actually fit what you want to do offensively and defensively? And then move quickly to who are the free agents you are eyeing on other teams, what free agents that you have currently with the Denver Broncos that you want to retain. So that's where I'm at with the situation. Let's just get a person in here, okay? And then we can break down their pros and cons later. I agree, Nick. I've, I feel like we've had um, like six or more podcasts since the end of the season, and each one I think I've asked you that kind of question of like, who do you think it's going to be? And I've answered it as well. And I feel like I've given now like six different answers on who I thought was going to be the next head coach. I mean, seriously, last week on Thursday, I was, I told you, I was like, it's going to, I thought it was going to be D'Amico Ryans. I was fired up. I thought it was a great hire. Um, You know, he was my dark horse. Now that seems like it's totally not going to happen. Uh, I think a few weeks ago I said it was going to be Jim Harbaugh. Like he was the guy. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sure in there I said, Sean Payton, 
Um, that's probably where I am now. I'd, I'd probably say, I guess, Sean Payton, because he's the only one that hasn't been totally ruled out yet uh, in any of these reports. But I don't think that's who the Broncos want. Like, that's that's the part. Like, I mentioned earlier, the uh, the girl that you really like and they keep stringing you along. I feel like in this situation with Sean Payton, it's the opposite. It's flipped, right? Sean Payton, I think, wants to go to the Broncos. I think he likes the Broncos job. Uh, but the Broncos are the ones that are being a little bit hesitant on committing to that. So it's going to be interesting, Nick. I know there's been a couple of reports out there that, you know, the hope is by the end of the week they'll have somebody. I mean, we're sitting here Tuesday at 8.30 a.m., and I thought we would still have more news, you know, this morning even, that they were expanding the search or they've zeroed in on this guy. We still haven't gotten any of that, so we'll see when we get to our Thursday yeah. podcast, Nick, if, if there's any new news. Well, with the Senior Bowl in full swing this week, it's yeah. really important that the Broncos identify their coach as quickly as possible because the scouts are going down to Mobile, Alabama, and they're evaluating all the talent. But to me, it makes it really difficult for them to do their job. They don't know who the head coach is going to be and what type of players – that they may want for whatever system they're going to bring in. So so everyone is kind of in flux at this uh, very moment. You look at the media people. They don't know what press kits to put out because we, they don't know who the person's going to be. But I really do feel for those coaches and those evaluators down in Mobile. They, they, don't, they don't know. It's almost like they are on standby. They're going to collect all the data for every single player and then wait to see, well, who is hired and then try to figure out, okay, well, maybe we need to – uh, put a little more focus on these particular guys. But once again, I mentioned before, you have a lot of guys who are going to be free agents, unrestricted free agents on this roster. So you need to bring that person in so you can evaluate and say, well, is Dalton Reisner coming back? Is Kareem Jackson coming back? You need to make those decisions right now. Are you bringing Graham Glasgow back? Right? You never know. The guy may come in. He may love Graham Glasgow. He may have had history with him. So all these things that are, are kind of still out there floating around in space, all those pieces need to be put together. And that glue is naming a head coach so we can finally get a head coach of philosophy. Lastly, Nick, last on the coaching search, and then we're going to take a quick break and dive into some of these playoff games this past weekend. Would you hire Jerry Rosberg? Last Worst case scenario, you say, oh, man, nobody wants the job, but Good old Jerry does. Sounds like Jerry wants the job. Would you would you hire Jerry Rosberg? Uh as a head coach? Yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> I think that point... answered my question here. Your, your, your hesitation <laughs> there answered my question there. Well, you know what? Jerry did a good job in those last two weeks. But for me, I would bring Jerry in. I said this before. I love his energy, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it's a lot of vibrant energy. But yeah, I would bring him in and have him be my special teams coach. Right. Because there are some other coaches out there. You mentioned Gannon. I mentioned Brian Callahan. There's some other coaches that that are out there that you can bring in as your offensive uh, uh, mind for this team. But Jerry did a, a great job in, the, in those two games. But I like him more from a special team standpoint than a head coach. Yeah, I think my one thing if they hire Jerry is they've got to put a time limit on his uh, press conference availability. Yeah, his opening statements have to be less than, you know, two or three minutes. But uh, that'd be one heck of an intro press conference. No, I I, I don't think uh, they should hire. I think they'd be better off, you know, waiting a week and getting Jonathan Gannon. I I think that 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 guy will be a good head coach someday. Obviously, he's been successful in Philadelphia. I think Brian Callahan would also be a really good hire from Cincinnati. So if that's, if they're starting to lean towards Jerry Rosberg, I would say, Greg, hold up, 
hire one of these other guys and, and take a shot on, on one of these younger coaches and see if, if they could do a good job. But anyways, that's enough coaching search talk, Nick. We've got to take a break. Uh, we'll dive into some of these playoff games this past week and what it means uh, for the Broncos and, and other teams You know, moving forward, what we took away from some of the playoff games uh, and some other topics before we get out of here. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody. Welcome back from that quick break. Uh, Nick, let's talk about these games this last week. And I know you didn't like the officiating. Uh, and the games, honestly, I mean, the, the first game, I mean, it was over before it started in terms of uh, once Brock Purdy went down for them. Um, you know, for the 49ers, the Eagles were, were going to dominate that game. Um, you know, they've had kind of an easy path to the playoffs. But what'd you take away from that game? And then we'll dive into the Bengals Chiefs game. Well, the biggest takeaway from that game was that you, you definitely need a competent quarterback to to win in the NFL. Uh, notice I didn't say an elite quarterback to win because winning in the NFL is more uh, about a team effort opposed to one individual. And once Brock Purdy went down, that changed everything. I know Josh Johnson had been there for an extended period of time, but we knew that that offense, even with Mr. Irrelevant, was still kept in some kind of rhythm and some kind of flow. And once he went out of the game, uh, it changed. It changed on both sides of the ball. It changed for the Philadelphia Eagles because now they didn't have to worry about defending, you know, George Kittle, Brendan Ayuk, or Debo Samuel. That, that kind of eliminated what Kyle can do as far as the vertical passing game. And the only weapon that you had was Christian McCaffrey. And that was very difficult to watch. And, you know, my heart goes out to my former teammate, John Lynch, the GM for the 49ers and Kyle. It, it was just really miserable to watch because I know what uh, both men were thinking about. They put so much time and effort in getting that team to this point, knowing as though you were on your third quarterback and then your fourth quarterback. Very difficult uh, to, to watch. But I'm, I'm happy for Jalen Hurts uh, getting his flowers, getting his opportunity, because he, like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, they were kind of criticized before they can even get their career started. And at one point, if you remember, someone even said that Carson Wentz was better than Jalen Hurts, right? That was once said. So to watch him go out and lead his team, I mean, that was a, a, a beauty for me to watch and, and to see him go out there and finally get to the Super Bowl and hopefully maybe make those naysayers change their narratives about who he is as a player. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been really impressed by Jalen this year. Obviously, I mean, I, I covered him at Oklahoma and, you know, watching him at Oklahoma, he was he was a good player. But did I think he was going to be this good? No. And but he, he had the, 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 the work ethic, Nick, like this guy. I've never seen anybody work as hard as he does. Uh, he's a tremendous leader, and I think you know he went into Philadelphia with that mindset. And you remember his first year; uh, they were not good, and he he sat he was on the bench for most of the year. They brought him in towards the end, showed some showed some flashes, and then they went with him the next year. Obviously, took him to the playoffs. There were still a lot of question marks though about him, Nick. If you were if I remember correctly, there was a lot of people wondering if he was really that guy, uh, and to do what he's done this year lead this team and really kind of change the culture there after, you know, Doug Peterson was let go. They lost a bunch of veteran guys. 
Um, they've got a whole new team since they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Like, I, I think that he's done a, a tremendous job of leading this group, and, and I'm happy to see him have the, have that success because he deserves it, man. That guy has, has had a lot of uh, naysayers in his career when you think back even to getting benched in the national championship game yeah. uh, in college at Alabama. For him to, to do what he's done, uh, I think is remarkable. And, and I think it's also a credit to the staff there. I think the coaching staff there has done an incredible job of tailoring what he does best. Uh, and again, that goes back to what the Broncos need to do here, right, is, is tailoring their offense to what Russell Wilson does best. And that's how you're going to find success. Success Because Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes, but he does some things extremely well. Uh, and the Eagles have, have been able to to make their offense fit what that is and made him a great player. And I think that's also, again, a credit to Jalen to continuing to, to just c- develop and grow as a player. So I think the Eagles are really good. They're my pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that they're just on a roll right now. They've got all the right pieces. I think that defense is playing lights out. I, I know they didn't play really a quarterback this last week other than, you know, an injured Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson and Christian McCaffrey, whatever that was a couple times. You know, I, I think, though, that they still have a lot of playmakers that can get after the Chiefs. But, Nick, that brings me to the Chiefs and the Bengals. What do you think of that game, uh, especially the officiating? I mean, that was atrocious. Well, I'll get to the officiating in just a second. The one thing that I want Broncos country to focus on, and, and this is this is not me blowing smoke uh, up uh, their backside, but the Broncos are not that far away from Kansas City. We, we actually saw it on display, regardless of what you thought of Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Jerry Rosberg coming in, and, and that whole circus. But the Broncos are not that far away. When we last saw the Broncos play the Kansas City Chiefs here at Empower Field, that game was a game that the Broncos could and should have won. Then you fast forward to the game in Arrowhead Stadium. That was another game that the Broncos should have won. Now let's get to the officiating because in that game, the officials took the game away from the Denver Broncos and they did the same thing to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Did the Bengals have multiple opportunities to close out that game? Yes, they did. If their right tackle blocks Chris Jones, they moved the ball down the field and kicked the game winning field goal. That didn't happen. But on the ensuing punt, now that's where things got really exciting. Joe Bocci was on the left side of the numbers, and I put up a little tweet about this, kind of breaking it down and explaining it, and he was blocked in the back. Now, the idea by some people on, on social media was that, well, Sky Moore was already out, had already out-leveraged him, and I'm like, no, if you go back and watch it, he was inside of him, and it was that clip in the back that allowed him to get outside the pocket. Now, obviously, I know Patrick Mahomes pushed out of bounds and, and advanced the ball 15 yards, and once again, you can never make a play like that. You have to understand, you know, situational football. But for me, there were some calls that should have been made in that game that were not made in that game and has led a lot of fans to believe, George, and I would love to hear your take on it, to believe that a lot of NFL games, especially once you get into the playoffs, are rigged in favor of certain teams, certain coaches, and certain quarterbacks. I don't think it's rigged. I do think that certain players maybe get calls that other players don't at times. Um, I mean, this this goes back to – I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but I think it was Cam Newton that used to get hit after plays all the time, mm-hmm. uh, take beatings, and he was like, you know, if Tom Brady took that hit, 
it would be flagged every time. I agree that there's some of that going on, right? I mean, I think back to a couple weekends ago when Skylar Thompson got hit really hard after a play, and it should have been rough in the past. I mean, they make, they've been calling it all year, and they didn't. And I still, to this day, think it's because Skylar Thompson's, you know, the third string, nobody, rookie quarterback, right. you know. Um, so I think that that happens. In terms of games being rigged, no, I, I think that officials make mistakes, uh, and they missed several calls the other night, um, including the one where they gave the, you know, uh, the Chiefs an extra down, which, by the way, and nobody wants to hear this, it was the right call to give them another down, but they screwed up by not uh, by having the clock run the previous play. And that's where they're at fault. It's not that they, you know, gave them the extra down. It's that they should have, it should have never happened because they let the clock run. But anyways, um, you know, I think that they missed some other calls that weren't out there. I, but I I don't think that they're sitting there saying, Oh, we got to make sure the chiefs win this game. I mean, you can't convince me that, you know, that, that that's going on. I think that officials just need to be better at their jobs uh, I've said that all year. I think that there needs to be some adjustment to some of the rules. I think the roughing the passer call is way too enforced right now. I think that that's um, a soft penalty. I think the unnecessary roughness at the end of the game, was it a penalty? Yes, by rule. Should it be 15 yards, Nick? I think that that's where we need to have a discussion because I don't think that's a 15-yard penalty. I think that's a five-yard penalty and maybe an automatic first down but it's not something that should give them 15 yards in that, that scenario. I mean, it sucked to have the game in that way. And I feel really bad for the Bengals player. Um, Cause I, I don't think he obviously was trying to do something bad there. Uh, was it a bonehead play? Yeah. But like he wasn't trying to cost his team the game. So I don't know, Nick, I, I don't think games are rigged for sure. I, I just think that there are some guys that get special treatment. And I think that, Patrick Mahomes is going to get some of that. I think Joe Burrow is probably in that category too. I mean, the NFL loves Joe Burrow. How could you not love Joe Burrow? The guy is awesome. Um, you know, but it is interesting that it keeps happening at Arrowhead, Nick. I, I know you brought that up. Maybe it should be called uh, referee head instead of well, arrowhead, <laughs> or arrowhead. But once again, George, I mean, you are proving the point for all those fans who are saying that they feel that the games are rigged because how many times – are we going to see things take place in Arrowhead and the Chiefs escape, right? And think about it. Now, Arrowhead is the scene of every crime, right? And now the Chiefs are saying, well, we are now the benefactors of what the Patriots appear to be benefactors of. Because you do recall when Tom Brady was playing uh, in Arrowhead, and I think it was uh, Frank Clark, or I can't remember the player who was a little offsides, on, on, on the particular play, which allowed uh, the Patriots to move the ball down the field. So, hey, if you are a Chiefs fan, they're saying, hey, you know, Akuna Matata, right? You know, now we get a chance to be a benefactor of some of those calls that the refs called against us or did not go in our favor. But it still raises the questions with so many fans. Are these games officiated correctly? Because we're not talking about fans 30 years ago that were not uh, keen to what the NFL rules are and the rule changes, they know the rules. They know them just as well as some of the officials, and they are pulling their hair out, wondering why if we see it at home, why can't you see it? And also knowing as though they see it in New York, right? If you see that there's an issue with a particular play, an official got it wrong, you have the ability to correct them. Do you not, George? 
No, you do. And and that goes back to my point, Nick. I think they have to reevaluate how they do officiating in terms of I think some of the rules need to change. I think they need an eye in the sky type official that can come in and change the ruling. If he sees something, you know, from all the freaking, you know, camera angles that we have these days, there shouldn't be a whole lot of missed calls, right? Uh, I think that that needs to happen. There needs to be like some sort of official in the sky type of position that can, that can do that. They have the technology to do that. So that's the kind of stuff that needs to change. Again, I don't think the games are rigged. I think that that's, you know, people being, you know, overreacting to it. Uh, And I get it. It looks like it in some way, but I I don't think that that's the case. Like I think we would know that by now, um, you know, if, if that was the case, but I do think that there needs to be an overhaul of how they're officiating games. And, and, and again, going back through the rule book and changing some of these calls. Uh, and I think that even the pass interference stuff, it's like, you've got to be able to look at that differently because it's called one, like the, the call they had, I can't believe it. I wonder if it was, I can't remember if it was on Eli Apple or Mike Hilton, but there was one on the Bengals that I was like, what is that? Call? It was just a great play by the corner uh, you know, where he comes around and knocks the ball down and they call pass interference. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, how's that pass interference? Or how about the Eagles game, Nick? Uh, you know, what's his name? Devontae Smith. Uh, he dropped on the, the ball. first drop. He dropped the ball. It's very clear in the angle. And you can't convince me they're on the Fox broadcast saying, well, they didn't have that angle yet. That's BS, man. I know they, they have to have that angle. They have every angle immediately at their hands. How does no one stop that game uh, and review that? And I know they're like, well, the Eagles went really fast. They didn't go fast enough for that. I mean, and and yes, should Shanahan have thrown the red flag? Yeah, sure, whatever. But that that to me, like that stuff shouldn't happen anymore. We have the technology to fix that. So that's where my biggest complaint is with the officiating is hey, you've got you've got all the resources in the world. You shouldn't be missing some of these calls. See, once again, George, you 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 are furthering the point. I know, I know, but it's not it's not rigged. If you I think mean, it's rigged, stop watching not, the games. But you're, you're like, okay, no, it's not. But let me give you some other things to think about, right? And you give them a laundry list of things, but say no, it's not. But yes, it, it, it it's presented in that particular way. And as you were saying that, I understand why fans think of that as well. And this is where where technology uh, helps create that. And what I mean by that. Is like what you said, we have more angles due to technology than we've ever had before. And that's the that's the whole beauty of the NFL, the evolution of technology. We can give you so many angles. I mean, when it, where it looks like uh, uh, the Matrix movie, they can stop, pause, and rotate guys around. I mean, I remember they were doing that a couple of years ago. They could have quickly done that. Once again, this is what we're talking about. In New York, you see the play. You know something is wrong. Hit the panic button. Have the officials to stop the game, even if uh, Kyle Shanahan did not throw the challenge flag, right? Stop the game. You know it's not a legit catch, right? And you're trying to present to every single fan that, you know what? We are putting out a legitimate product, right? It is not rigged. Yes, our officials make mistakes, but we have the technology to make sure. Now I'm sounding like the $6 million man. We have the technology to make him better. But if you're going to do that, George, you might as well do that because if you don't, every friend will continue to believe that the games are rigged. Yeah. You're not wrong, Nick. Um, We got to get out of here though. We can continue this officiating discussion later this week. I'm sure there'll be a lot of calls in the Super Bowl that we'll disagree with too in a couple of weeks, 
which brings me to my final question, Nick, who you got in the Super Bowl early prediction. You can change it in the next couple of weeks because I'm sure we'll find out maybe more about some of these injuries and stuff. But who's your early prediction to win the Super Bowl? Uh, early prediction, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, they've done a great job so far, and I don't foresee anything changing. But that can change, right? You know, injury reports start to come out. You have two weeks, give guys an opportunity to maybe do something stupid, which I hope they don't. Uh, but at this moment, I'm going to choose the Eagles. Yeah, I'm on the Eagles too. Um, I think that they've been, more, you know, arguably the best team all year. I know they haven't played the strength of schedule as some of these other teams, um, but I like the Eagles. I think they're healthier right now. Again, maybe we'll find out some more about some of these Chiefs injuries that happened this last weekend, but I think they're healthier. I think they can also run the ball, uh, and the team that usually can run the ball better usually wins, and uh, I think that they their run game and their offensive line is just – a monster right now. So I think they can control the pace of that game, but we'll get more into that uh, as we get closer, Nick. I know we've got the pro bowl stuff this week and maybe we'll dive into some Sertan stuff uh, that we see throughout the week. Hopefully there's a coach hired uh, by Thursday, Nick. I feel like I've been saying that every single week uh, that maybe there's, there's a coach hired by the next episode. We'll see, but uh, thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast and we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. <laughs>